Hello there, I'm Kiosa Ronin Beatmaker, and welcome to Lounge Ronin, all things, everything. To learn more about myself and how you can support Lounge Ronin, head over to my Patreon page at Ronin Art and Music. If you're interested in reaching out, follow me on social media, on Twitter, Ronin Art and Music, or at me at Kios Ronin, K-O-I-O-S-R-O-N-I-N. On Instagram, follow me at roninart underscore music. And if you prefer, hit me up at my email at roninartandmusic09 at gmail.com. And if you're listening to this on your preferred streaming service, please make sure to subscribe. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, leave a comment and a review, and slap that notification bell. On Apple Podcasts, Please make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast, and leave a review as this will help me and the podcast grow. Stay positive, stay focused, stay true, and much love. Hello there, I'm Kios Ronin Beatmaker, and welcome to Lounge Ronin, all things, everything, and on this episode, we're going to discuss Forbidden Zone of the Grand Canyon, but before we get into it, please make sure to subscribe to the channel. Leave a like on the live stream. And if you're listening to the replay, please leave a comment with your thoughts below on today's topic and some constructive criticism to improve Lounge Ronin. Now, I was first made aware of this mystery regarding... uh, area an area in the Grand Canyon from a channel I am trying to remember I think it's called ancient uh, I can't remember the name of the channel but I found it very peculiar and then uh, shout out to Canon Hotep he played a video from the Y files about uh, some cataclysm and uh, I was immediately hooked onto the Y files I I'm convinced that that talking fish is the spirit animal of all conspiracy theorists. <laughs> and uh, he, he, uh, the Y Files does an incredible video um, on this topic. And uh, I wanted to kind of share my thoughts and feelings on this uh, mystery. Because I think it kind of relates to um, some past live streams I did, you know, talking about, uh, you know, um, ancient world civilization and uh, talking about giants and how they pretty much roamed North America. So I thought it'd be appropriate to talk about this because I find it to be very interesting. And if you caught my, uh, if you caught my live stream, um, no, if you caught my my video, 
uh, if you caught my my Ronin clip where I talk about the hidden history of you know our country, our world, our origin. You know, I you know I talk about how you know we have to you know people should really look into you know Graham Hancock's work. They should really look into you know Randall Carlson. You know, there's a lot of people that people should, that they should really look into. Um, people should really check out the channel, The Fifth Kind, and the work that's being done there. There are so many people who are um, working on expanding our knowledge of what's, you know, what's tr truly true. Uh, you know, I, I love this saying that um, from from Star Wars, you know, there is always, there's a, there's always a bit of truth in legends. And I think that that's something that we are experiencing now as that the veil continues to get lifted, that there really is truth in legends. And we're seeing that every single day. You know, look at what the Younger Dryish impact, look at the Denisovans, uh, you know, look at Go Black P. Tekpe, you know, look at the water erosion on the Temple and the Sphinx. You know, there are so many things. Look at the underground, you know, cities in in Turkey that connect to Ireland. I mean, there's so many things for us to, like, uncover, you know, look at the fact that there's, you know, a pyramid in 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 Greece, and there's a pyramid in Indonesia. So there are, are plenty of things for us to be, to really question and investigate and wonder and, and ponder. And uh, this, this channel, um, I mean, this page, or this website, I should say, sorry. I really like um, their articles, they're really straightforward and they do a, a good job of uh, getting to the point and making it easy for us to read and digest. So without further ado, let's get into it. Updated November 1st, 2020, written by Mark A. Carpenter. Forbidden Zone of the Grand Canyon, Legends, Landmarks, and Lies. In the last decade or so, controversies and wild speculations have swirled online around Grand Canyon National Park, and a newspaper published by the Arizona Gazette on April 5, 1909. The headlines read, Explorations in the Grand Canyon, Mysteries of immense rich cavern being brought to light. Jordan is enthused. Remarkable finds indicate ancient people migrated from Orient. The Grand Canyon controversy is revealing in many ways and also disturbing in others. The Grand Canyon article explains that an explorer named G.E. Kinclade had made the initial discovery and was joined by the Smithsonian scientist S.A. Jordan to study what was described as a wondrous labyrinth, honeycombed of man-made tunnels 
filled with seemingly eastern treasures of golden urns, sophisticated copper tools, ancient artifacts, hieroglyphs, mummified remains, and statues where iconography resembled those common to Hindu and or Egyptian cultures. If their theories are born out of the tablets engraved with hieroglyphics, the mystery of the prehistoric peoples of North America, their ancient arts, who they were and whence they came, will be solved. Egypt and the Nile and Arizona and the Colorado will be linked by a historical chain running back to ages, which will stagger the wildest fancy of the fictionists. Now, if what I find very intriguing about this is, you know, the prehistoric peoples of North America. And, you know, if you look up the Denisovans, uh, not the Denisovans, but if you look up the... Uh, I can't remember their name, but uh, it was a uh, they were something that Graham Hancock was working on, and they were these ancient people that lived in North America. Unfortunately, I cannot remember their name. Um, and they were dated to be living here during the Ice Age. Uh, it's gonna bother me. I'm gonna look up the name because. Oh, it's going to bother me. Let's see. Um, nope, that's a video. I'm trying to remember the name because it, it will, it will bug me, uh, if I cannot find out their name. But he has a book called America Before the Key to Earth's Lost Civilization. And I'm going to read the, um, the synopsis for it. Uh, was an advanced civilization lost to history in global cataclysm that ended the, ice, the last ice age? Graham Hancock, the internationally best-selling author, has made it his life's work to find out and in America before, he draws on the latest archaeological DNA evidence to bring his quest to stunning conclusion. We've been taught that North and South America were empty of humans until 13,000 years ago, amongst the last great land masses on Earth to have been settled by ancestors. But new discoveries have radically reshaped this long-established picture, and we now know that Americans were first people more than 130,000 years ago, many tens of thousands of years before human settlements became established elsewhere. Hancock's research takes us on a series of journeys, encounters with scientists responsible for the recent extraordinary breakthroughs. 
in the process from Mississippi Valley to the Amazon rainforest, he reveals that ancient New World cultures share a legacy of advanced scientific knowledge and sophisticated spiritual beliefs with supposedly unconnected Old World cultures. Have archaeologists focused too long only on the Old World in their search for the origins of civilization while failing to consider the revolutionary possibility that those origins might in fact be in the new world. So I, I can't remember the, 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 the name that he credited them, but essentially what I find very interesting about it is as you really start looking into the hidden history, especially of America, North America, you begin to realize that you know we are being actively misled as to what is really the truth and when you you know look up old you know art article clippings uh from the 1900s and 1800s and they're talking about finding giant bones and they're talking about finding you know underground cities with fully built structures you know, or animatomic robots, you know, you have to kind of question yourself and ask yourself what's really going on. And so that was kind of like what I find really interesting about um, what Graham Cock is saying about North America and the fact that, you know, Aborigines, aka Black people, were already here prior to Europeans uh, landing on North America. Uh, you can go and watch... Many other videos and live streams by Dan Calloway as he breaks it all down. Uh, so it, it just adds to the, and also, you know, the fact that Randall Carlson, you know, I watched a video of his and he was talking about the Egyptians in some of their ancient texts discussing visiting North America. So, you know, you have to, you know, Research your, for yourself and look this information up and make your own conclusions. You know, no one else is, you know, you, you, you know, take what I'm saying and filter it out and, and go out there and research yourself. You, you, you may be surprised as to, um, you know, what will be uncovered for yourself. Okay. Let's continue. Was the 1909 Grand Canyon article a fabrication? Modern day skeptical writers, academics, and the Smithsonian claim that this story is simply a piece of sensational yellow journalism. They insist it is pure fabrication from top to bottom that preys on the spiritual yearnings of a gullible and superstitious public. On its surface, the article does appear improbable at best, and at worst, a dishonest printing of fanciful tables to conjure up profits. The original author of the piece is anonymous, which does a disservice to either the believer and the skeptic camps, and there never was a follow-up article. The Smithsonian has publicly denied the story outright over a hundred years later, and denied any records verifying the existence of Kincaid or Professor Jordan. The story also asserts that a Smithsonian archaeologist named S.A. Jordan 
returned with Kinclay to investigate the site. However, the Arizona Gazette appears to have been the only newspaper ever to have published the story. No records can confirm the existence of either Kinclade or Jordan. Naturally, the academic community toes a party line without question. Mm, how convenient. Alternative researchers clamor online, insisting this is an elaborate cover-up. They claim that there does exist a forbidden zone within Grand Canyon National Park, which completely forbids anyone to hike, camp, or explore there. They also point to the curious names of the landmarks in this allegedly off-limits area, and they even go so far as to suggest that shadowy branches of the federal government secretly monitor the area. Now, I think as we have all learned since the pandemic, hey, it turns out there really is shadowy branches of the federal government secretly monitoring various areas across the country and globe. So when I when I see that, I can't help but be like, well, I mean, it's entirely possible that this story is real. I mean, how often have we been learning that, you know, the, the, the government is, is often lying about everything? <laughs> so take it for what you will. Where were we? Where were we? Okay. In the more extremist alternative factions, this is only the tip of the proverbial iceberg as they expand the scope into a complex conspiracy of subterranean reptilian overlords, hell yeah, that manipulate the ruling elite class. It's not wrong. <laughs> the skeptical positions is heavily fortified behind obtuse walls of authority and plausibility easily defended against one lonesome article published over a century ago. The objective researcher is justified in questioning the credibility of a newspaper and an anonymous author. But on the reverse side of that same token, the same researcher would be naive to blindly accept the mainstream narrative presented by a government institution that absolutely does not have a conflict of interest regarding the manipulation of the human history narrative. Thank you. I mean, people, we have to keep in mind, you know, and I brought this up to uh, an individual I was speaking with uh, recently, and I was explaining to them, we, we briefly touched on this, and I was explaining to them that, you know, the Masonium is another branch of the federal government. And they were like, okay. And I'm like, well, since when has the federal government had has been honest and has our best interests at hand and how i how surprising is it that the man who who started the federal the the smithsonian you know was all about rewriting the history and wanted to suppress knowledge that conflicted with the narrative that was being created by the federal government of the united states of that time uh, do I, do I have to go into like the Gulf of Tonkin? You know, do I have to go into the various situations? Do I have to go into the fact that Bill Clinton admitted in the nineties about MK Ultra and the mind control? <laughs> I mean, it's 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 out there for you. You just have to you know see with eyes unclouded by propaganda. So what? 
is the reality? Whose word is it to be believed? As with any mystery, the skeleton key to unlocking it is objective reasoning. The suspension of any preconceived notions and sailing upon the winds of evidence, avoiding the inevitable rocks and sandbars of confirmation bias, formal and informal fallacy. Touche. Landmark names suggest there is a bigger truth. It is an undisputed scientific fact that there does exist a large grouping of promonitors, uh, promonitories with curious names in the park. The high points, summits in the Haunted Canyon and Trinity Creek area of the park and include geological formations like Osiris, Isis, Shiva, and Horus. Temples, the Tower of Set, and the Pyramids of Ra and Cheops, all legendary figures of ancient Egypt and India, respectively. And here we have a picture where the Tower of Ra and the Shiva Temple. It is also worth noting that who was responsible for and when exactly these landmarks were given these names remains difficult to research. However, it must have occurred well before the printing of the 1909 article, and the most likely suspect would be General John Wesley Powell, who led the first government-funded passage through the Grand Canyon during his 1869 Powell Geographic Expedition. Powell was also the first director of the Smithsonian Bureau of Anthology, a founding member of the National Geographic Society and member of Cosmos Club. So, you know, all federal funding funded uh, organizations. Apparently, Powell's expedition experienced a series of disasters, and this resulted in many of his notes being lost. But it is reasonable to conclude that he, that it was he who gave these names to these landmarks. Curious choices indeed. And here is John uh, Wesley Powell in the Grand Canyon. The Forbidden Zone in the Grand Canyon and the Law. It would seem that the anonymous author of the news article in 1909 decided to capitalize on these names and sensationalize them. But this reasonable theory quickly becomes challenging when confronted with the next step in research, which validates the claim that this very section of the park is forbidden to explore. Perceivably, the official document regarding the restricted areas of the park is lengthy and painful to read, but some relevant language does lie therein. The following geographic areas and or roads within Grand Canyon National Park are close to public use or are restricted by specific activities and or specific times for specific activities. Hopi Fire Tower and Access Road, Maricopa Point Endangered Plant Area, Hopi Salt Mines extending from River Mile 62 to River Mile 62.5, on the southeast side of the Colorado River, precisely where the aforementioned landmarks are located. 
hence mine south of hence rapid, furnace flats from 71.0 to mile 71.3 on the north side of the Colorado River and the Anzazi Bridge. It is important to keep in mind that these mines are not active mining operations and may never have been mines at all, but are in fact ancient man-made tunnels, allegedly made by the Hopi as their names would suggest, and that it is that is in it of itself interesting. The monotonous text goes on to discreetly command that nobody is permitted to enter any cave or mine at the park at any time ever without a permit, which they will never be granted. In addition, um, art, uh, in addition artificial anthropogenic features, mine works, which comprise a twilight zone and a zone of perpetual darkness will be managed as caves as per the Federal Cave Resources Protection Act of 1988. Permits required to satisfy this section may be applied for and or obtained uh, backcountry permit, permits office. As if these restricted areas were not suspicious enough, legislation was passed in 1987 that restricts the airspace over the Grand Canyon along the area to, to along the two other national parks. Uh, Yosemite and Halekala, supposedly to provide for substantial restitution, uh, restoration of the naturally quiet experience of the park and protection of public health and safety from adverse effects associated with overcraft, overflight. What? Overcraft, overflight? What, what does that even mean? We have planes what about the people who who live next to airports what about them are they not safe are they admitting the chemtrails are real they admitting the chemtrails are real <laughs> but i don't understand that that doesn't make that does not make any sense that does not make a lick of sense but okay. Let's continue. What on earth are they blathering about? That's what I'm saying. Recitation of natural quiet. I didn't even think about that. Did not click in my brain. Recitation of natural. What does that even mean? The experience of the park, the protection of public health and safety. Wait a minute. So let me get this straight. No one's allowed in that area to protect the quietness and the experience of the park and a protection of public health and safety, but no one's allowed in that area. So who are you protecting? How does an airplane flying thousands of feet above the Grand Canyon incur adverse effects on public health safety? Exactly. That does not make any sense. And if noise is a legitimate issue, doubtful, then why is it that they are not concerned with noise pollution at the other 418 national parks? Only these three. That's a very good point. These three parks have some other elements in common as well. They're all sites of primordial geological upheaval, volcanic remnants, coshed earth deposits, vast unexplored cave systems, native lore that revolves around lost races of hominins, demigods, deities responsible for creation. 
All right, now we're getting kinky. Other mysteries near the forbidden zone of the Grand Canyon. Is there any other evidence of some sort of lost aboriginal? Huh? What's that word they just used? Aboriginal. Okay. Aboriginal culture in the immediate area. In fact, there is that of the Anazazi. Their name translates into the ancient ones or the ancient enemies. Hmm. They were an extremely mysterious people spread all across the Southwest and were responsible for many strange stone structures that litter the landscape and baffle authorities. Sites like Mesa Verde, Four Corners, Mummy Cave, Chaco Canyon, Staten's Cave, and the canyons of the ancient National Monument were all abandoned by the time Europeans arrived, leaving behind only puzzling ruins of master masonry often aligned with solar and lunar events and adorned with odd towers and subterranean sacred spaces known as kivas. Modern scholars believe that these people were just another Native American tribe who simply assimilated into the so-called modern uh, Peblons. And this is the explanation for their disappearance. However, Navajo, uh, Paite, and Hopi oral traditions universally agree that the region was inhabited by a genetic, culturally distinct, vicious, and cannibalistic people prior to their arrival, and that these ancient enemies were eventually driven away or into extinction. Although some degree of assimilation most likely did occur, while all the affirmation sites are worth researching in relation to this mystery, perhaps the two most intriguing are Staten's Cave and Mummy Cave. Stan's Cave is located close to the South Canyon Camping Beach, near but not within the Forbidden Zone. This cave was originally believed by the authorities to be man-made and is currently sealed with metal bars to prevent entry. According to the sign, this is for the people's safety and to protect an endangered bat habitat. The ceiling of the cavity is clearly vaulted and it does not resemble a natural feature. It is also known that the cavity was inhabited in the distant past and many precious artifacts were removed during an official excavation in 1969-70. Hmm. Uh, and the picture is Davis, uh, Derorcius, and Stan Solon of the National Service Park show of a completed Staten's uh, encasing. Mummy Cave, located at Canyon de Chile National Monument, and not to be confused with Mummy Cave site in uh, Wyoming, is a few hours northeast by car from the Grand Canyon. This bizarre, mesmerizing ancient ruin is massive and very strange. Among the discoveries, no bones or animals have been found, no skins, no clothings, no bedding. Many of the rooms are bare but for water vessels. One room, about 40 by 700 feet, was probably the main dining hall for cooking utensils. For cooking utensils were found here. What these people lived on is a problem. Though it is presumed that they came south in the winter and farmed in the valleys going back north in the summer, upwards of 50,000 people could have lived in the caverns comfortably. 
One theory is that the present Indian tribes found in Arizona are descendants of serfs or slaves of the people which inhabited the cave. Undoubtedly, a good many thousands of years before the Christian era, a people lived here which reached a high, strength, high stage of civilization. This theory meshes well with the Native American traditions that characterize the Anazazi as ancient enemies, and there is indisputable evidence that these people inhabited the region long before the present tribes and that were sinister events afoot at these sites. For example, while no animal bones or skins were found, but were found were human remains. Human, re human remains by themselves are not surprising. But the manner in which these were discovered is quite ominous. Stone's throw from the mummy's cave lies Big Cave, which is a subsection of the Canyon de Chile, known as Canyon del Muerte, the Canyon of Death. The, uh, the remains of 14 infants were found in a slab lined cyst used earlier as a storage bin. Below the infants were the bodies of four other children packed in, enormous in an enormous basket. Oof. So this is Mummy Cave. It looks like an eye, like two eyes watching you. Legacies and Liars. Professor David Jordan was indeed closely affiliated with the Smithsonian Institution for 30 years spanning 1880s until 1910, which included uh, ethiological expeditions upon the Colorado River into the Grand Canyon. According to early census records, Starr was not his given middle name and did not become legal until later in his life when he selected it. Jordan served as president of Sanford University and was a fervent believer in eugenics. Hmm. Jordan's primitive uh, pseudoscience and xenophobic paranoia, i.e. evolution, <laughs> led him to write the 1899 essay, A Study of the Decay of Races Through the Survival of the Unfit. I would love to read that. In which he illustrated his irrational regarding race degeneration and implored the application of tremendous efforts to design to maintain racial unity. Interesting. Later on, it was Jordan who led the nationwide sterilization program, which was clearly a crime against humanity. In 2003, many buildings in California were shamefully stripped of his name, and the California legislature unanimously expressed its profound regret over the state's past role in the eugenics movement. In light of all of this, it's not surprising that the Smithsonian would have commissioned him in the past to distort the historical narrative to or seeks to distance themselves from him now. Exactly. Uh, of course they would. They don't they don't want that smoke. <laughs> As the young people say. Uh, they, they don't want to be to be caught up in in what this man was promoting and advocating for. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, you have to kind of think about it. This is how I kind of think about it. If a man is willing to uh, commit a eugenics program, what makes you think he's not willing to lie and obfuscate truth and history? 
you know, we have to kind of think about that and, and, and take that into consideration. I see we have someone in the live stream. Um, I appreciate you're here. Please hit that like button. I would greatly appreciate it. And feel free to share the live stream. But, you know, what I'm saying here is it's just like they deny that this man ever existed. But then, you know, here we have clear uh, evidence and, you know, paper trail and data to prove that, yeah, this man you know, was real and he did work for the Smithsonian. And like I said earlier in <clears throat> at the beginning of the live stream, you know, the Smithsonian is an extension of the federal government. And you should not be surprised, or none of us would be surprised, especially with the way the world is right now, uh, that the, uh, the federal government um, would be lying. It would and does lie. Uh, so all I'm saying is that, especially when it comes to, you know, history and the origins of the country and, and the origins of the um, inhabitants who lived here prior to the Europeans, you know, we, we have to constantly keep in mind how every day they are literally trying to rewrite and erase history you know look at it with the the internet you know for for an example uh for an assignment i was uh doing research on drones and technology and uh i went down this you know interesting rabbit hole and i started looking up this company and they made these drones called uh switchblade drones and I was like, well, this is interesting. They're like these, you know, explosive drones. So when I went to go and, you know, read up on them, the website that, uh, the, the company that made them and the website that was, uh, that would describe them and talk about, you know, the, the, the mechanics, it was deleted, deleted from the internet. And then a, a independent journalist I happened to uh, listen to he mentioned how they were using um how the Ukrainians and NATO were using switchblade drones which are IE suicide drones in Ukraine and i was like huh fancy that i can see why they would want to delete that information because if it gets out that the a, a united states private you know a uh uh, drone military contract company that makes drones is, you know, giving them to Ukraine to use as suicide drones, it's going to cause some problems, a little conflict of interest. But what I'm saying here is that that should be no surprise that our federal government would behave in such a manner and lie about something as that, uh, especially with an individual um, like this man here, Jordan who, you know, worked on a sterilization program. So, you know, all I'm saying here is that we got to kind of be a little open-minded and be a little self-aware in regards to uh, history, uh, the hidden history, uh, the federal government, and uh, their machinations into the history and the origins of America and its people.
Through the Looking Glass. Based on the factual evidence, it can be objectively determined that the Smithsonian has been less than forthcoming about its affiliation with Jordan. Sections of the park suspiciously off-limits and this forbidden zone does contain Egyptian and Hindu monikers as well as ancient uh, man-made chambers. It seems that early uh, 12th century imperialist propaganda related to westward expansion and feeble concepts like manifest destiny prevailed in an effort to denote the history of indigenous peoples or perhaps to rationalize and maintain a Darwinist paradigm. And if you look into your origins of Darwin and evolution, you'll know that, you know, it's it's a load of uh, uh, honky-doo and and uh, eugenics and racism. So do, your, do some research on that cat. There is, of course, another key to unlocking this mystery, field research. The legal restrictions within the forbidden zone and cavities do not make exceptions in the case of survival and distress. So with that and the spirit of exploration in mind, Ping's poem, The Explorer, provides apt inspiration. A voice as bad as conscious as conscience, ring interminable changes. On one everlasting whispered day and night repeated, so something hidden. Go and find it. Go and look behind the ranges. Something lost behind the ranges. Lost, waiting for you. Go. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Lounge Ronin. All things, everything. If you made it this far, please make sure to hit that like button. And please leave a comment with your thoughts below if you're catching the replay. And until next time, Stay positive, stay focused, stay true, and much love. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Lounge Ronin. To learn more about myself and how you can support Lounge Ronin, head over to my Patreon page at Ronin Art and Music. If you're interested in reaching out, follow me on my social media on Twitter, Ronin Art and Music, or at me at Kios Ronin, K-O-I-O-S-R-O-N-I-N. On Instagram, follow me at RoninArt underscore music. And if you prefer, hit me up at my email at RoninArtAndMusic09 at gmail.com. And if you're listening to this on your preferred streaming service, please make sure to subscribe. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, leave a comment and a review, and slap that notification bell. On Apple Podcasts, please make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast, and leave a review as this will help me and the podcast grow. Stay positive, stay focused, stay true, and much love.